Man, probably a fun fact on me is that I like you to don't. read. Like I, I, I like to read. That's 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 a lost art nowadays. <laughs> oh, my great uncle is uh, Jesse Owens. He won four gold medals in 1936. Yeah. I always want to leave people with this, man, to all the viewers and everybody out there, man. Make sure you guys finish the story. Make sure you guys finish your journey because somebody's going to need it. Yeah. All you got to do is push the bad button. That's all you got to do. Push the back <laughs> Try not to think about the future too much so you can maximize the now. Who the favorite rap artist? Man, to be honest, it's crazy. Tupac always been my number one, right? Like he got, he got he got me through so much stuff, but Lewayne has been in the modern day. I said, what does it really take? What does it really take to be great, Joe? And he looked at me, he was like, You really wanna know? And he was like, to be honest, everything you did to get here, you need to be consistent times ten. Consistent times 10. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Coach Lee. Welcome to Friday Night Interviews. You know how we like to do it around these here parts. It's Friday night. We're back at it like we're mad at it. Man, it's time to run one with your guys. With that being said, what's up, Uncle Leroy Jr.? Hey, man, it's Jr. Uncle Leroy. Don't say the Leroy without the Jr. We're back on this Friday with one of our hot interviews. Man, so y'all sit back. But look, before we get the interview started, got to reach way up there to the bean, the home of the Boston Baked Bean, to get our guy, too, on this show, man. Let's bring him on. Boom, boom, boom. Uh-oh. <laughs> there he is. We got, we got to get him back. Oh. You okay? You hear me, man? Yeah, we can hear Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, he's out of here. Well, look, we about to get this thing started. And before, you know, we about to, you know. Hey, look, if y'all anything from Gramlin, y'all know this is it here. For dear Gramlin. Hey, we're going on. The three, we will win this game. Rock, 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 fight. Hey. Talking about fight. How's it going there, Coach Murray? Welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, there's no problem. There's no problem. So where you hanging out with us at? Where you call, you know, where you hanging out with us? We know you're from man, uh, I'm different in, places. I'm from the SIP. I'm from the SIP. But, you know, I'm in Ruston right now trying to stay warm, man. It's so cold over here. I didn't think it would be this cold up in Louisiana. But we're trying to stay warm. We got a big game tomorrow against Mississippi Valley and just trying to, you know, just kind of get my mind right for, for, for that game. Definitely, definitely, because that's going to be a big game. We know we got some uh, big games up and coming, you know, throughout the season, especially coming in uh, February. But before we get this, uh, you know, get this interview started, you're from Mississippi. Where are you from? You're from Jackson, Mississippi? Jackson, Mississippi, man. Born and raised. West side of Jackson, man. Probably about maybe five or six streets over from Jackson State. Oh wow! Okay, okay. I was ironically, I was going to uh, Jackson State was one of my hmm, one of my places to go when I was in a bank. And I, you know, everyone knows Uncle Leroy. I love the bank, so Jackson State was on my oh, list yeah. to go there. But yeah, uh, man, growing up, man, as a kid, we used to hear that band play uh, to two, three, four o'clock in the morning, man. And so that was where I wound up going to school at. 
unfortunately. But you know, I wound up at the at the gram, so I'm glad to be over at the Black and Gold. Hey, that's what I'm talking. Let's clap it up for this man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know, one day, you know, myself included, is like, you know, every time I think of Mississippi, I just think of Ray's Boom Boom Room, and so. This week, you know, we actually polled our group. And so I'm going to ask you this question. So out of all these movies, one of these movies got to go. It's Minutes to Society, Life, Love and Basketball, House Party, Poetic Justice, and Baby Boy. So out of those six movies, which one has to go? Probably Baby Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Probably Baby Boy. That was easy to read in the mind, man. I said, he's going to go baby boy. <laughs> I think that's a solid choice. Yeah, yeah, baby boy had to go. Back, 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 back. All right, so, okay, Coach Lee, I'm going to ask you, which out of those six movies, which one you had uh, voted to leave that had to go? Probably because my daughters had me looking at it so much when they was growing up, man. I will probably say baby boy as well. <laughs> I've seen it way too Hey, we batting two for two. Two for two. Exactly. All right, so we got one more. All right, now two. What do you think? Uh, which movie had to go? Oh, this is tough. No, it's not. We got two love stories in here. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna take away love and basketball, man. Oh, oh my gosh! Not loving basketball. I, 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 Baby Boy, like movies, when you can fit them in again and again, I enjoy Baby Boy. For as much as people may not, out of the six, I enjoy Baby Boy. I can watch it over and over and over again. You know, I, have, I used to do that with loving basketball. I can't do that no more. Poetic justice, loving basketball. I had to choose out of both of them, man. You know, both love stories. What? Life's not going away at all. No, nah, life's not going nowhere. No, life's, life's not, not going, going nowhere. <laughs> exactly. So, all right, well, Coach, uh, you know, Coach Cosmo, we appreciate you hanging out with us. So, you know, but definitely, you know, this is your sixth year going into, uh, you know, the coaching with uh, Grammy. So we want to know what actually inspired you to be a coach. Man, I'm going to tell you something. I uh, always had the mentality of a coach when I was real young. Uh, I was a type of player, a uh, person that loved sports. I loved every sport. I played six sports growing up, uh, football, basketball, soccer, cross country, tennis, uh, and um, just had a love for just being around the game itself. Uh, after injury set in, you know, uh, and you're not able to play past that, you know, you kind of want to find your niche as to what you really, really want to do. And coaching was something that I was just kind of asked to do after I moved back uh, to Mississippi and uh, something I just fell in love with. I was always kind of had that mentality of a coach growing up. I wanted to always know everything about, you know, the game itself. And, you know, uh, I always studied players, and who I, who I was going to actually, you know, go up against when we went to the gym for, for, for pickup games. And and so it just kind of just was a good marriage for me. And right now I'm going on year 25 and I'm loving it. Wow. Wow. 
That's impressive. Because I mean, you actually, you know, you graduated with a business degree. Business degree in business management. Tried my uh, hands uh, in corporate. Uh, wound up working with the airlines uh, for about 15 years. And again, like I said, moved back. When I moved back home, I moved back actually to get custody over my son. Uh, okay. He was at an age that I felt like I really needed to be in his life. And when I moved back, I didn't have a plan at the time. And I wound up getting on at a middle school and um, teaching at a middle school. And when I got on at a middle school, uh, you know, they always want to get you to coach. And so I wound up coaching football, wound up coaching soccer, wound up coaching uh, uh, girls basketball. And then that's what kind of got me coaching. Uh, again, I helped out on some AAU programs and uh, one thing led to another. I wound up kind of volunteering back at my alma mater with the men's basketball program at Jackson State. And a young lady that came there to be the head coach back in 2000 and I wound up asking her about being a grad assistant and that kind of spearheaded my uh uh coaching on the female side and uh like i said it was just a sponge back then just learning growing uh, just learning everything i could about the game and about different people's styles and uh, it's, it's 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 been a valuable uh rewarding career for me and uh, i'm glad to be at grambling i'm glad to be leading these women uh to some higher heights so, you know, one thing that uh, really stood out is how, you know, you did, you played six sports, like you was an overachiever, you know. And so to people that don't know, the G in Grambling is for greatness. And you're right, you got the millions of You're an overachiever, you're doing this. And like the transition is just, you know, it just really amazed me how, you know, you was able to just make that transition from the corporate world to school. Because myself, and I was a teacher, and that's a, it's different from talking to a person in the corporate world versus talking to kids. So right, right. That's so true. That's so true. Well, like I said, being coming around, you know, being in the neighborhood, uh, you being respected by you know by your peers, and you being one of the ones that that was pretty good on all these teams that you that 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 you were a part of, you know, all that kind of just you know, it just kind of bled into what my future was actually going to become. And like I said, I, I tried to excel at everything that I put my hands to, as well as coaching. And I've uh, been doing pretty good at it thus far. And like I said, it's just, you know, I'm glad to be at a school like a grandma that does embody greatness. They are a part of doing the right things to, 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 to be the best that you can, can possibly be. And it's a, it's a great marriage for me and for my career. Man, you're saying all the right things. Look, my, I'm about to send my daughter over there to play the team. She doesn't play basketball. She's a cheerleader, but <laughs> you're saying all the right things, coach. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, yes, you know, sir. Uh, how, you know, you mentioned, you know, you appreciate, you know, your journey to Grambling, but, you know, it really wasn't an easy journey for you. Like, uh, so how did you end up as a Grambling State University Lady Tigers head coach? Well, I mean, the thing about it is that the relationship that you – you make down through the years, you just never know where it's going to take you. And um, one thing when I first got into coaching, uh, some older coaches told me is that loyalty goes a long way. And every job that I ever worked at, whether it was a volunteer job, whether it was a grad assistant job that eventually, um, you know, moved on to be an assistant coaching job. I was just one of those type of persons that I was willing to do any and everything to just learn 
the, the, the ins and outs of the sport, of the business part of it, and um, just learn different people's styles because it, at a young age, when I when I did think that I wanted to get into coaching, I, I never really envisioned myself being a head coach, but um, I knew that I came from a, a family of leaders and that if the opportunity ever presented itself, that I will probably be pretty good at it because of how I was raised at a very, very, very young age. And so uh, when I got into it, um, you know, it was a lot of hard work that went along with it. You know, as a grad assistant, you know, you don't really actually make a lot of money. Uh, so I had to work two jobs in the midst of uh, being a grad assistant, being at practice, going on the road, traveling. There were times we would get in off the road at two, three in the morning and I have to go be at work at five o'clock in the morning. So I had to pay my dues um, throughout the whole process. But, you know, this is what I wanted. You know, uh, my passion uh, for wanting to be the best at coaching, for wanting to learn the game and wanting to win and, and, and get everything out of it that I can get. I knew I had to, you know, have a, a true love for it, uh, for sports, for coaching and for just being the best at what you want to be a part of. And when I wasn't making money, I approached it the same as I as I am now that I'm being blessed to to, to make a salary from this. So like I said, it's just it's just been, been a blessing that, you know, no matter what you put your your hands to, if you continue to keep working at it and keep working at it and continue to keep God first, it just uh, blows your mind where uh God can and what doors a guard can open up? Like, for you, you, tell me, you, you, you look like one of the kids that was raised right. And that's what I'm hearing. So, you know, you was prepared for, once again, this greatness. I love it. So we're going to take right. it from, uh, you know, from one of our viewers. So shout out to Chris. He's uh, hanging out with us from Georgia. He says, hey, Coach Freddie, thank you for your work. So um, we do appreciate you for hanging out with us, Chris. So, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. And that falls in line to what you were saying because, you know, if you don't have a passion for it, you really won't, you know, once it becomes work and you won't get paid for it, you really won't have that same get up and go about it. So, you know, that's so I, true. So that's good that you was raised, you know, that you look for, you know what I'm saying? That you look for work, that you're a doer. So that's pretty good. Right, right. Well, you know, uh, uh, rewards come in so many different, different uh forms you know people look at it from a monetary standpoint but uh for me it was just the the, the knowledge that i was gaining from it you know what i mean and uh like i said it was just something that i i knew that in order to achieve the greatness that i want to achieve in this profession i got to be willing to go from point a all the way to z and not over overstep anything along the way and so uh it, it's been a, a rewarding journey for me and uh i've been blessed along the way to meet a lot of people and, and achieve a lot of things yeah because you know you definitely have that you know that persona where you walk in the room like man who is this guy definitely you know want to do more than see who he is shake his hand you want to you know have a conversation with him so you know right. um me meeting you briefly you know you gain my respect you know just by walking out you know brief interaction and you know that leads us to the next question you know how do you gain the respect from the players on the Lady Tigers basketball team and just any team, because, you know, we've had different coaches come on our show and, you know, with men, right. you know, it's different, you know, it's like, it's a crease, like, Hey, it's like a bro, you know what I'm saying? We can't do that. So 
Tell us how you do that. Because I can't even tell my daughter to do something that she come back and do what I ask. So I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> well, it's all about consistency. You know, you got to be consistent in who you are. You know, you can't be fake and phony. You can't preach one thing and then do another thing. My kids never really ever see me out. Um, the life I live, you know, is not out in the public's eye where uh, I can be, you know, it could be construed or taken the wrong way. I was raised the right way. I was raised to do the right things. I was raised to treat people right. And, um, you know, I hang around a lot of successful people, a lot of older people, a lot of people that's about their business. And, and you know, when I came into Grambling as an assistant coach, one thing I did, you know, one thing they was able to identify with me was that, you know, I'm got, I was hard and stern, but I'm going to love you in the process. And, and I came up through an era where it was all about that tough love. Hold on. Say that again. Wait, Coach, you can't just roll past that and drop that money bag and not come back and say, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I came, I came, I came through with through tough love, man. You know, I came through through an era where it was all about tough love. You know, um, you know, my parents, you know, they preached about doing the right thing. They preached about living the right way. Um, you know, treating people the right way. You know, was raised from a Christian uh, uh, background, and so that had a lot to do with my journey and how I how I approach life. And so. I always saw positives in a negative situation. And so whenever I approached something, you know, I didn't dwell so much on the negative. I dwelled on what, what can we build from this and, and grow from this. And so every situation you can kind of learn from. And like I said, so when I came into Grambling, like I said, it was a situation where I was coming there to help a friend out and uh, they were going through a rough patch, you know, but one thing I did know prior to getting there is that I, I saw what they were, what they had as, you know, already as a team. And I, I knew that I could, whatever I can bring to it can help them enhance them to achieve more than what they have achieved the previous year. And we were able to do that. And they were able to see that my work ethic, you know, was, was more, was, was, I was going to grind more than they were going to grind. You know, and yeah. so when they see somebody that's willing to put put the time in, that's willing to put the put the energy in to be successful, no matter what, no matter how tired you are, no matter how you're feeling, uh, I think they have a level of respect for you. And uh, you know, like I said, when I came in, I don't, you know, whatever my hands find to do, do it. That's what I was always told as a young kid. My grandfather always said, "There's always something to do." You know, at the end of the day. You know, I think we just we just we just end the day, but there's always something that you can be doing to actually better yourself. And Agreed. so that's what I try to instill to our kids on a daily basis. And they see it and, and they see it. They know I'm hard on them, but they but in the end of the day, they know I care about them and want and there's nothing that I wouldn't do for them. Man, look, you know why to take a break? Because you're dropping these nuggets. We're gonna have to train you. We gotta start paying you because you're gonna drop your PayPal <laughs> on the street. You know, there's some money bags right here. But before we take this quick break, you know, uh, shout out to Cassandra. She's hanging out with us from YouTube. She says, Hi, coach. I can't wait to get uh to get back to the games. It's because of you that I started uh coming to see the Lady Tigers play. So yeah, you know, Miss Miss Cassandra, I think I met her. Um, she's from uh, Louisiana. I was driving back from Jackson, 
to um, uh, back to Grambling, and I stopped off to get gas, and I lined up meeting her at a fast food restaurant, and I introduced myself to her, and I invited her out to some games, and just that interaction between, you know, just within those few minutes, she became a big fan of Grambling women's basketball and has been supporting us ever since. Wow. Wow, great memory. You know, <laughs> once again, man, we gotta give a comment up for Coach Murray saying the right thing. Like, I'm telling you, look, how old are you? Yes, I might have to get you hooked up with some some lady in my family. <laughs> I'm an old 54. Old 54. <laughs> Bless you. So, we about to take our quick break. We're gonna be back with more of this interview with Gramlins, ladies coach, ladies Tigers basketball coach Murray. Y'all sit back, keep them comments. Yes, coming. sir. Hey guys, it's your girl Tamara Moore, former WNBA guard and current head coach at Masabi Range College. I want to give a big shout out to STWF Media, the big brand, for showing love and always being about those good sports. Make sure you guys show them love. You and your community can join them every week to talk about sports. Shouts out to them and make sure you check them out. Boom, and we back with more of this interview. Grambling's own basketball lady tigers, basketball coach Murray. Man, so you ready to drop some more nuggets? Most ready? definitely, most definitely. Let's keep it going. I like that. I like that. All right, so you know, I'm a band guy, you know. So one of the biggest things is you know the hype, the pep rally, you know, and as a band. I didn't care about the football team losing any other game throughout the year, but they better win the body class. That's it. That's right. So, you know, being in the football, and I know, you know, I'm from New Orleans, so Southern is a rival, period. So who's a team rival right. for the Tigers, like in basketball? I'm going to tell you something. When Grambling was winning back in the day, and a lot of people don't under, don't realize this, is that, Grambling is known for a lot of things, but women's basketball is one of those programs that was consistently winning back in the day. And people talk about Eddie Rob, true enough. Um, people talk about the track program, but women's basketball, legendary Coach Bibbs, Pat Bibbs, they were dominating everybody back in the day. And so when you say a robbery, I will probably have to say I'm listening, sorry. everybody, everybody. Everybody that's in the conference, you know, we know Southern is, we know Jackson State has become, we, we, we've developed some, some rivalries with Prairie View and Texas Southern and Alabama State. But I think everybody that has felt the wrath of Gremlin view Gremlin as a rivalry. And so whenever we go into games, we get everybody's best game. There'd be games when we would actually watch them play against other people and say they didn't play that team as hard as they play in us. And so one thing about it is that Gremlin has, has given a lot of L's to a lot of people and people are trying to come back and get those, get those W's. But every game we, we, we actually go into, I can honestly say, is a rivalry game for the Lady Tigers. So as you go into the season and you know all these teams are go going for the top spot, your spot, how does that elaborate into potentially tournament time in, in, in the NCAA tournament where you will be stacked against um, better competition? 
Well, one thing about it, I, my, my whole mindset has always been I don't recruit for a conference. I recruit for a postseason play. And so that's my mentality when it comes to recruiting. I want to recruit to be able to go and, and win games outside of conference. I think that's where you really gain your respect amongst your peers at is when you can go and beat power five schools, you know, schools that have budgets that are 20 times larger than you. You're not even supposed to be on the court with them. And you come in there and you beat them. And so we've been blessed to be able to do that. We beat some power five schools. Uh, but our conference has gotten tremendously stronger over the last few years. And we right now have a conference that can play with a lot of people um, in women's basketball. Uh, obviously, you know, there's never a level playing field. You know, the way it's set up, you're not going to really see it. You know, I can even think back to when Jackson State and Alcorn and Valley and Grambling had women's basketball programs that probably could have won the NCAA tournament, but was, wasn't being allowed to play in the NCAA tournament. So um, our schedule every year is going to be tough. We, you know, it's by design. Uh, I don't want the stage to be too big for our players when when we're faced with those opportunities to make it to postseason play if we're blessed to get that far. But like I said, our conference has gotten better, and the competition that we go against in non-conference pre prepares us for conference, and I think it prepares us for postseason play as well. Wow. All right. All right. So, you know, that leads to the next question. Like I said, I'm a band guy, so I got to ask, you know, I got to put this band in here. <laughs> so what is your favorite Tiger marching band, world fame? Uh, what is your favorite song? Man, come on. I'm from an HBCU. Everybody know the number one song, no matter what school you go to, is neck, neck, neck. Talking out the side of your neck. I'm going to tell you something. That is a, I've been, I've been blessed to be at four HBCUs, and that neck song is by far the number one song. Yes, sir. They won't know about far the number one song. Love right there. They don't know nothing about that. You know, I'm gonna take quick pictures. And I'm gonna tell you this. What's so funny? What's so funny is that I've been to some Power Five schools and have heard their bands trying to play it, but they can't. Wow. Can't play schools. I've been to some Power Five schools, and I promise you. There are people that know that that song right there is the number one band song to be played across the country. And I hear them hey, trying to play it, but they day. cannot play they it. Yeah. <laughs> but shout out to A.D. Bunner because, uh, you know, back in 1998, he helped write the version. Uh, he was the um, drumming. A.D. Bonner. So he helped write the version that we play at Grambling Current. So uh, shout out to him. And shout out to Dr. Robeck. Yeah. Robuck. So she's doing great things with the band. Robuck. She's doing a great things over there. Yeah. Back. 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 So um, great to know. Like, like, see, that's the difference. I was just telling someone, you know, like, because even when Grambling was looking for a coach or whatever, you know, was asking, you know, what what type of coach would I prefer? It has to be someone from the HBCU to me. It's like, it's a different type of love. You know, like, I just enjoy it. Is. It is. You know, 
coaches because it's a different type of appreciation. You know, I had the opportunity uh, my crab year to meet uh, Eddie Rock. You know, so was, we got a lot of great history up there at Grambling. And coach, it seemed like you feeling in nicely, sir. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, out. yeah. Like I said, I re- I, see, I give a lot of respect to my to, to, to my peers that ever came before me. Like I said, I've been blessed to, to be to watch them up close. I've been I've been blessed to be around them, and uh, I just want to be able to be half of what they were back in the day. Wow, definitely respect. Shout out to you. You know, you you you're putting you're filling in those shoes quite nice. But shout out to Cassandra. She's still hanging out with us on YouTube. Grambling plays it best. Exactly. That's what so um we got a question here so it's a facebook user so they ask um they they must be in our group so they ask hey coach what is the recruiting process for the lady tigers how does one get on your radar well the recruiting process it actually starts i mean we recruit year to year i mean all all around the year uh it never stops uh we're actually recruiting now for our to complete a couple of positions for our 22 class, uh, working on our 23 and our 24 class. With us, it comes down to need. Uh, each each year, um, we try to find out what our need is, and we try to, um, you know, recruit accordingly. Um, we recruit all over the country. Uh, we even working on um, some opportunities outside the country uh, from an international standpoint. Uh, recruiting has changed. You know, recruiting. People don't realize that recruiting is a lifeline of any of any program. You know, without the players, without the talent level, um, you're not going to be successful. Um, I heard uh, old football coach say one time, "He who has the talent wins," and mm. by far, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so for us, we we recruit in state as well as across the country. Uh, we recruit sometimes, you know, a hundred. 150 players sometimes just to find three or four. Uh, so we eventually narrow it down. Uh, it has to be certain uh, characteristics that we're looking for in some of our players. Um, a lot of, you know, with the emergence of the transfer portal that started last year, it's kind of done made recruiting a little different, different now. Prior to the transfer portal, you know, we were going the high school route, junior college route possibly looking for transfers that wanted to leave and and come and play. Now with the transfer portal being uh, an option now that you can kind of recruit somebody from another division one school that can come in and play right away, it's kind of done shifted recruiting to where now people are starting to look more at the transfer portal versus going the junior college and high school route first. So we're going to go all three routes uh like i said we get calls and emails constantly there's there's no way that we can actually you know uh see everybody um you know but we do get out on a you know throughout the year and put our eyes on kids i think sometimes from a recruiting standpoint being able to see kids in person versus seeing them on tape i think it brings more of a real nature to our recruiting and uh we actually you know miss that doing doing COVID when we wasn't able to go out and recruit for a year and a half. And so we had to revert, revert to just recruiting online. But now being able to go out and see kids, uh, we'll go to a tournament during the summer and spring where we might see uh, over 5,000 kids. And we're able to build our recruiting um, base based on the kids that we saw during, during those e- events that we've gone to. So 
we are recruiting is like I said, it's something that we really put a lot of emphasis in and put a lot of time in because, you know, without the players, you know, we can only be so successful. Agreed. And so coach, you, uh, your words didn't even dry. So um, they got to be in our group. So definitely drop your, um, drop your name because we want to know who you are. So Facebook user says, well, coach, I'll be in your, um, I'll be in your email with my daughter. She plays here in Shreveport. I'm a G I'm a GSU alum. And I want her to go to Grambling first. So yeah, definitely. I'm a Grambling alum. I want her to go there. He's an HBCU alum. So definitely drop your name in there. So, uh, you know, if he doesn't answer your email, I'll definitely give him a hard time about that. So <laughs> he will. Please do. Please do. I'm, I'm telling you, we get probably hundreds of emails a day, myself and my coaches. And it's sometimes uh, it's not, you know, we don't get a chance to see all of them. But definitely uh, continue to keep sending them. If you got anybody that can reach out to us uh, and get it to us, uh, do that as well. So you mentioned earlier, you touched on it briefly, you know, you mentioned on COVID and how you couldn't go out and recruit for a year, which like definitely should cause a bottleneck in recruiting and, you know, recurring talent. So how has COVID impact? You know, now we're post COVID or pandemic, whatever recovery. So how was it yeah. impacted and how are we, how are we recovering from it? Well, it hurt us a lot uh, last year uh, when we wasn't able to bring it, you know, when we, Ended the season last year in March. COVID shut everything down. Um, and when it shut it down, our kids, as soon as we got back uh, from, from out of town, our kids were gone three days later. And when they left, they were gone for eight months. And so we didn't have them none in the, in the off season. We didn't have none in the summertime. And then many of them didn't come back until after Labor Day. And when they came back, you know, you know, as much as you wanted to instill in your kids to do the right things when they were back at home, many of them didn't. And it really affected us. And last year was one of those years that it was just, you know, we was just a trial and error to just see if we can kind of get through it. And um, it threw everything off. It threw uh, recruiting off. Uh, we got shut down probably three or four times throughout the year where we had got finally gotten them to where we needed them to be in preparation for the season and then we got shut down for 14 days where we couldn't do anything and then had to go on the road and play a power five school and so uh that was not pretty uh and then throughout the year you know just not knowing whether or not you were going to play you had enough to play uh was it going to be able to even finish the season it was it was it was a tough year to get through um you know my hat went off to anybody that was able to to really go through it without really being affected by COVID, but we were hit directly and from a coaching standpoint and players the way it did affect us now going into this year i think um we had a better hold on it uh of dealing with it and we actually were able to really you know get our kids in during the off season get our kids in during the summer um and it really has paid dividends moving forward uh, we still deal with it now to some degree, but it, not to the not to the level of what we dealt with last year, and we're probably about a month and a half away from the season being over with. So, wow. even though it affected uh, us, uh, our kids were still resilient. You know, uh, it was a lot that we were throwing on them to try to adjust to 
on a day-to-day basis because it was this thing was so fluent to where you didn't really know which way it was going to go. And um, it affected recruiting. It affected uh, to the point where NCAA gave kids back a year. And that kind of threw our recruiting off as well because when they gave them back another year to be able to come back, we got three kids that actually graduated that could have went on that was able to come back and it really helped us out because we was able to keep some experience within the program and not drop off by losing players. So uh, we're, we're by the grace of God, we're, we're navigating through it. And I think that we're better now than we were last year. And, and uh, it's just an ongoing thing that we're going to have to deal with moving forward. Hey, you're just resilient. So, you know, we got to take a quick break, you know, cause you know, we'll come back with more of these nuggets, this, you know, this do it mentality and this greatness that you keep talking about. So everybody sit back and we'll be back with more of Coach Murray. Let's get a break. What's up, world? Kyrie Robinson, man. New Orleans Saints veteran. Hey, man, make sure you guys go check out my guy, man, STWF, the media, man. Check them guys out. Y'all want to get sports talk, sports talks with players, with fans, anything like that, man. Go check them guys out, man. That's the place to be if you want to talk sports. Who that nation? Boom, we back with more of this interview with Coach Murray hanging out with us, man. We do appreciate that. Let- yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. We got we got to ring the alarm, man. You're in the building. You're in the building. So, you know, Coach, you know, like I say, you're coming on the show. You got a lot of sauce, you know, got a lot of, you know, saying all the right things, man. I'm telling you, you need to vote for congressman or something. I am voting for you. So, <laughs> you know, what is your style? Like, what is your style of coaching? Because, you know, I see you're very charismatic, so I can see the leadership all on you. So, but what is your coaching style? Well, I had to change. I had to change. Again, I come from uh, um, old school of coaching where, you know, it's, no nonsense, you know, uh, you know, work hard, you know, uh, do the right things, you know, uh, attention to details, you know, fundamental, being fundamentally sound. I had to really change over time because a lot of those things wasn't really adapting with the younger generation. And so being able to have a couple of younger coaches on my staff that kind of stay on me, you know, um, I adjusted as time went, went, went along, but it still has that old school feel to it. Uh, so if I had to really, you know, identify, it'd be a little bit of Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, you okay. know, uh, Bill, Bill Belichick is old school, you know, fundamentally do the right thing. You know, not a rah-rah guy. Don't not got, not, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Uh, but then Pete Carroll, you know, you know, let your hair down, let the music play during practice, you know, let your kids have a good time. And we kind of mesh it all together where our kids know how far to go. And but then there are times when we're going to have a good time even in the process. And I think it's been um, a blessing because our kids understand that, that, it, that, that there, there is a balance. You know, there has to be a balance, you know. Uh, we're going to have a good time when it's time to have a good time. And then when it's time, you know, to go to work and put that uh, hard hat on, we're going to go to work, you know. But then when it's over with, we're going to have a good time. So uh, that's how we kind of operate on a day-to-day basis. And our kids enjoy it. 
and even now I'm learning more from them. And uh, I think it's been it's, it's been a blessing because it's helping my coaching. It's helping me stay in the game a lot longer than than a lot of my predecessors who's starting to get out of it. Now, I mean, you can tell that, you know, your team, your staff love you because I'm going to do a quick recap. Now, I met Coach in the, uh, you know, in the airport at Chick-fil-A. So, you know, I get right. in line. I'm like, man, who are all these kids holding the line? I'm like, I'm ready. I'm <laughs> my flight. I'm like, who these kids? I'm like, wait, they got grambling on. So they talk about G. I'm like, man, man. <laughs> But everyone, hustled, right. you know, they, it was fun. You know, they weren't like standing up like soldiers. They were, you know, everyone, you know, you can tell that, you know, it was time to have fun and they knew how to turn it off and turn it back on. So, you know, shout exactly. out, shout out to you again, coach. Do the right thing. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Well, you know, like I said, you got to meet these kids where, where, where they are. Um, my thing is that I don't ever want to take the fun out of it. Um, we And like I said, we're going to have a good time, but I'm just so much of that old school is ingrained in me. I don't think that's going to never go anywhere because I think that's what made so many of us successful growing up. And that was the blueprint to, to get to where we wanted to be at in life. And these kids, a lot of them don't understand that. And so that kind of plays into how they, how I, I identify with them is because they see consistency in what I do. They see consistency in, in how I approach life on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and so it is a, from a serious standpoint, but you can be able to, you know, let your hair down even in the process too, and have a good time. You know what? That's a great point. Cause when I was teaching sixth, uh, seventh grade, I believe C. Jones in uh, New Orleans, you know, there was the you know boys. They consistently did not want to wear belts. And Mr. Parker, I consistently wrapped some pink uh, yarn around them and made them wear some belt. And I stayed consistent about right. them wearing belts. And you know, I had some pushback, but it was all good. You know, they were like Mr. Parker, exactly. Pink, oh, pink ribbon. That's a bit extreme. Well, you walking past me with your pants falling is a bit extreme to me too. But we right, both right. Well, one thing I do tell them. One thing I do tell them is that you're gonna get it. A lot of them don't get it right then and there, but in life, you will get it. It might be years later, but eventually it will settle in. And I can honestly say is that being consistent, there have been so many times later in life that kids have come back and said, you know, I appreciate you being, being who you were and how you was because I didn't see it then, but I see it now. Hmm. Facts, facts. All right, so wait, well, it looks like we got another comment coming up. But so, you know, you mentioned about, you know, your coaching style, you know, the way you operate, you know, um, but what are your core values? You mentioned, you know, a lot of my core values. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, you know, you mentioned, you know, earlier in the show, you know, uh, about, you know, you come from a family with good religious background. So, but, you know, right, what now, right. it, within your program, what are your core values? togetherness you know we're gonna you know we're gonna win lose you know together you know whatever we do we're gonna be together and everything that we do you know you got to be optimistic you got to be you know have optimism you got to be positive a positive thinker you know you got to constantly feel as though just because things were a certain way this day yeah that that's going to change the next day and you change you know if you can't you know the, the old saying goes if you can't change the situation you change the way you think about the situation 
But whatever we do, we're gonna we're gonna stay positive, you know, throughout that whole process. Understanding, getting an understanding on what we what our goals are from a day to day basis, and, and what we want to do to try to continue to achieve that. You know, you want to have gratitude. You know, you want to constantly be thankful and thank God for giving you the opportunity to do what you do and keep Him first in everything that you do. You know, so much of what I I'm all about is about hard work. You know, hard work. Is, is another core value that we that we um, um, really talk about. You know, you, you get what you put in. You know, if you don't put anything in, you can't get anything out. But hard work is going to be the backbone of everything that we do, or even try to do on on a consistent basis. And then you got to be enthusiastic about, you know, what you're doing. Because if you're not, you know, uh, you know, really in tune to what you're doing and and not happy about what you're doing, you're not going to give it your all. Max, he made a good point because I had to, you know, just like you said, I had to reinforce that with my daughter, you know, during a conversation. I'm like, hey, positive thoughts get positive results. You know, I'm like, let's just think, right. you know, when we go there, this is going to happen. Now, if it doesn't, you'll be prepared. But, you know, like you were saying, you know, let's think positive. So uh, circling back around. So that's my crowd brother, Robert. What up, uh, big blue baby? Hey, coach, you definitely got to holler at his daughter. She, she, she can ball. She can ball. So. We definitely uh she can ball. okay. She, can ball. she got games. She's in the newspaper. We were uh Whoa. so yeah, definitely gotta get in there, get a lock in. Gotta get a lock there. I look forward to seeing her. Yeah. Gotta get up. So, you know, just talking about that. So that leads into the next question. You know, which method you recommend high school athletes use to be noticed by college recruit? Because one thing that struck me odd or just new, like um this football player, he's in high school. So he posted on his Instagram, he was like, hey, which university will get me 5,000 followers? And I'm like, what's the guy doing? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> ingenious. So, I mean, but how do you, you know, how would you recommend, you know, kids getting in front of college recruiters? Or, or you know. Well, a lot of kids, a lot of. A lot of kids don't don't do anything over the summertime and the spring. You know, if you go to a lot of these events, you're going to play in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of coaches, assistant coaches, head coaches um, on a regular basis. Um, and when they're, we're there, we're looking for different things. You know, uh, we're not always looking to see who's winning. We're not always looking to see who's on the flashy teams. We're looking for those those traits that that are that makes any team successful, you know, hardworking. Team, uh, team player, um, uh, do you have basic skills, basic fundamental skills? You'd be surprised the kids today that don't have the, the basic skills that we used to get when we were a lot younger growing up, you know. Um, so playing consistently during the summertime, that's something uh, that a lot, a lot of coaches are going to spend a lot of money to do uh, because, again, you can't see – everybody everywhere but when you can go to a tournament i went to a tournament one time and there was ten thousand kids at this tournament playing it was wow. 95 basketball 95 basketball courts i was there for four days and i was able to see 10 literally ten thousand kids under one roof and wow, so that's... we go to probably we, we we go to probably eight to 10 of those events every year. But to go and see 10,000 kids from all over the United States under one roof, you know, you're not going to get that everywhere, you know. And like I said, to, to, so that's that builds our recruiting base up uh, a lot of times to where we have names 
like for classes that are two, three years down the road of kids that we done seen. And we just continue to keep working those names and seeing how players develop over over, over time. And that's how we start to narrow our, our choices down. You know, we recruit so many because, you know, you miss out on so many. Again, you know, your eye is just like a lot of other people's eye. You know, everybody pulling for the same talent. But uh, when you have to recruit so many to get so few, uh, again, by the time you, you kind of narrow that list down, you almost sometimes have to start back over again. But we try to get out and see a lot of the kids that's in our area. Um, you know, schools is in our area. We have camps where we try to encourage kids to come to our camps so we can see them up front at our uh, facility, um, which we have about two or three camps a year. Uh, so there are many ways, you know, that we can we can actually see kids, you know, uh, again, the old fashioned way of sending sending game film. Um, that's another way that that that, that can, hey, can kind of go a long yeah, way. Still old now. Talk well. about game film. I'm like, I, well, I thought the only way you do it. So you, you put me on game. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the eye test, most most kids, most coaches want to see. Like I said, when, when we wasn't able to go out and recruit for a year and a half and we got to watching live stream events for a year and a half, which was something new for everybody, you couldn't really see the intangibles that you needed to see by going to watch them in person. You know what I mean? There's only so much that you can see when you're looking at a camera that's showing the whole court and you really can't see a, a number. You really can't see who this player is. Right, right. But when you're able to go see them in person and you're able to really uh, uh, see what their true skill set is, when you're able to eventually contact them and, 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 and talk to them to see, do this kid, you know, have a lot of the character traits that you're looking for? With us, it's, it's much more than just basketball. A lot of it has to be the right fit to fit in with our players that, we're, that we presently have on our basketball team. And so people think it's just all about talent, which really that's that's only a, 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 a portion of it. You know, we really want to dig in and really get to know kids and really know really, really what, what they're really about outside of the game of basketball. I love that statement, Coach, because, you know, that's what it is. It's the character trait. You know, a lot of like you say, a lot of people. And, you know, growing up, myself included, you'd be like, oh, you know, all you got to do is work on your game. No one's building this character making sure that our kids know how to speak well in front of a camera, how to be, you know, cohesive right. with the team, you know, because like you said, honestly, right. you know, I think that now, you know, we lack the fact that, you know, like I said, the core fundamentals that, you know, when you put a kid on a team, you, they're learning team ball to, you know, to be a team player. It's not just the I, I, I. So, you know, that's great to hear that's that, true. You, that into your recruiting, man, that is wow. That's right. Good. Well, a lot of people don't realize this, but back in the day, y'all are old enough to understand John Thompson and Georgetown. Yes. You know, John John Thompson recruited a lot of guys that didn't have father figures. You know, they didn't they wasn't raised in households with father figures. So he wanted to be that positive father figure in their life. And that's why he was able to kind of galvanize those guys to really believe in what he what he wanted to accomplish on on the court. And and so you gotta just find out, you know, you know, where you where you where you can make the biggest impact, you know, a lot. So many of these kids today, you know, they're lacking so much, you know, and and so when they come to you, 
you know, they're coming to you lacking, uh, lacking a lot of things. And so you have to kind of navigate through and, and, and really find out, you know, can you really help this kid, you know, uh, you know, from a social standpoint, you know, academic standpoint, can you help this kid, you know, in our social skills, you know, just become a complete person, um, you know, and so it's it, 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 it's really a lot that goes into it. Uh, HBCUs are kind of always been that particular vehicle that is kind of giving kids a second and third and a fourth chance. And so I'm just thankful to kind of be um, an opportunity where I can impact lives at a university uh, and at a uh, um, a place like an HBCU who is always standing in the gap trying to really help kids to achieve greatness. Wow. So, Coach, you know, I got, you know, this is my last question for, you know, man, it's so, we, we play it so hard to say goodbye, you know, but our time is ending soon, so I got to get these questions out. So, this question here, yes, sir. you talk about, you know, you interact with a lot of people, a lot of students, you have huge, tremendous impact. What was your biggest moment as, you know, being, let's say, as the Grammar State Tiger head coach, or or your biggest. I'm tell you associated with the university. Well, coaching Shakala Hill was a blessing. Uh, you're talking about a young lady that actually came to Grambling, not even being recruited, and went down as probably one of the best players to ever play at Grambling. You know, you're talking about a young lady five seven that led us in every category possible that you can lead a team in: points, rebounds, sit steals, uh, minutes played. Uh, five seven, averaging ten rebounds a game, leading the nation in, in steals, almost six steals a game. Um, the things that she was able to do uh, in such a small form, um, you know, one of the things that I really uh, felt great about was, you know, when we went into Puerto Rico about three years or three or four years ago, and we played. We went in with a record of two and nine. Uh, Indiana had the longest win streak at the time, and they went in ten and zero. Uh, South Dakota State was the NCAA team; they went in nine nine and one. Loyola Marymount went in eight and two, and when we went in, we was two and nine. We had just left from playing South Florida before going to Puerto Rico, and we gave South Florida everything that we that we could have gave them and should have beat them, but wound up losing to them by nine. They were the number fifteen team mm-hmm. in the country, but when we went into Puerto Rico. You know, the, the guy that was over the tournament didn't really want to talk to us, I guess, because of our record was wasn't as great as everybody else record that was there. And so we went in two and nine, everybody 10 and 0, 9 and 1, 8 and 2. Uh, but when we played South Dakota on that first game and 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 had a chance to beat them, I think it made a believer of him. Uh, in who we were as a program, but to come back the second day and, and beat, I think North, uh, Indiana at that time was probably flirting with a top 25 ranking, and we beat them in Puerto Rico. I can remember this guy coming back to me, you know, just in amazement that this was probably one, you know, out of my 70 some years of being on this earth, that was probably one of the best games that I ever watched us play when we upset Indiana. And then to come right back and we beat Loyola Marymount the next night. And we came out of that tournament, you know, with a two and and one record, but we should have been three and oh. And him literally not wanting to talk to me when we first got there to literally begging me to come back and play the next year. That just said a lot to, you know, where Grambling was as a basketball program 
and and what we was able to accomplish. And one thing I tried to, but but it kind of played into what I tried to tell those kids that they can accomplish when they first got there. Hmm. But to finally do it, that just kind of you know brought some validity to you know we can achieve greatness where we are we don't have to go to a, a bigger school to do it we can do it right here and so to beat those type of programs you know where you're not being given the opportunity to compete that's what i'm trying to do on a day-to-day -day basis because we can do it we've done it before in the past and we can continue to do it even now so that is great so i just want to ask this one question so was your petty meter on after you you know after you beat the teams you walked out because I'm telling you, if I would have went with oh, I'd have my mint coat come out there. Mm, 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 mm. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm always even killed because my thing is that ever since I've been um, a child and how I was raised, I go in believing I'm a winner from 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 the door. And so when we win, I'll, I always tell our players, win like you've been there before. And so when we walk off the court, you know, we just kind of take it for what it is, but we can continue on moving. You know, when you achieve one goal, it's the, the, the thing now is to try to find what's the next goal that we're going to achieve. And so that's how I approach this thing. I never get too high, I never get too low. And that's how my players learn to uh, understand what Coach Murray is all about. Wow. Well put, because, you know, I'm, a, I'm from New Orleans. I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. You know, I come in thinking I'm about to win. So when I win, I'm ready to cut up second line and everything. So <laughs> <laughs> the Dallas Cowboy fan, like, hey man, act like you've been there before. I'm like, hey, I'm like, why? Are you out to you, coach. Well, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I, I, I ain't gonna lie. We, we had a good time. I think our bill after that game was over a thousand dollars. So I made sure that we, that, that we, that, 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 I actually made sure that that the kids had a great time with it. Definitely yeah. right hey, I'm, I'm looking for uh, that old fabulous song. Just throw it in the bag. That's how you was. That's what I'm talking about, Coach. But, uh, so you know, you know this last, you know. So you being a Jackson State fan, I mean, I mean, sorry, alumni. You would, you have to know about all this attention that's been going on with. Uh, Coach Prime and the football program. So, do you think that is just locking down, just you know, helping football, or is it helping sports altogether, like basketball, all HBCU sports? What do you think is that impact? I think it's not just helping football; it's helping you know, shine a light back on HBCUs. You know, um, trust me, when Dion was in Tallahassee at Florida State, he knew about FAMU. You know, he he actually knew what the hbcu was all about even when he when he was in tallahassee and bringing him coming to jackson state is only you know shedding an even broader light on hbcus and i love it because i always say you know the future is just a reoccurrence of the past and things have a way of kind of coming back around again and that you know and the bible did say the first shall be last and the last shall be first and so we we get not just do now, and I think that is that is rightfully so. Um, it, the best is yet to come. Let me just say that the best is yet to come. So I'm about to far pass it. I got one more question for you. You know, I seen the clips when you know Prime got drove into Jackson. What was up with the Princess Amunda act? Like you know, what I'm saying that. You know, <laughs> well, you know, one thing about Jackson. One thing you don't know about Jackson State. Hey, one thing you don't know about Jackson State, that's that boom, boom, room mentality. You know? <laughs> Jackson State is all about 
Hey, the show. They all about the show. They all about the flair. They gonna do it. They gonna do it big. And when I saw it, I couldn't do nothing but just applaud them because hey, I done seen that happen so many different times around Jackson. You know, and and and, and I'm just glad that uh uh he's there and I'm glad that uh um uh, he's the one for the for the moment to really get this thing going. Agree. Shout out to him. So before we uh, get up out of here, we're closing up. Uh, Coach Lee, you got any questions? I sure do. Thank you, thank you, thank oh, he you. Was ready. He's like, oh, wait, I'm here. <laughs> First of all, Coach, we appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. You know, your presence, we greatly appreciate it. First question for you What goes through your mind the night before a game? Night before a game, I'm really not even thinking about the game. To be honest with you, my mind is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of relaxing. I'm listening to music, maybe watching watching TV. The work is already done throughout the week, you know. So now it's just a matter of just, just getting there and really just, you know, making sure when we get ready to, to hit that court that everything that we talked about throughout that week, that we bring it to the court, you know. And my thing is that I try not to put a lot of pressure on them. Uh, um, and so... I'm kind of, like I said, I detach from it. I'm a type of person that I don't, I don't, I'm not always totally consumed with it on a consistent basis. You know, I'll pick it up when I have to pick it up, but then I'll put it down when I got to put it down. Makes sense. What's your go-to pregame meal? My go-to pregame meal is probably uh, a Chick-fil-A uh, chicken sandwich and some lemonade oh, and some man. lemonade. Oh, <laughs> Okay, okay. What technology advances in the game have you liked thus far? Mm. Well, we have, uh, we, we, we deal with, um, you know, some editing uh, service that the WNBA and the NBA use. It's called Synergy, Synergy Sports Tech. And with this particular uh, service, we're able to zero in on what teams like to do on a consistent basis. Um, individually, if I want to pull a player out and just look at that one particular player to see what they do uh, good, what they see what they do bad, I'm able to kind of just pull that person up and see them on the offensive end, on the defensive end. It gives me a rating as to, you know, what they like to do, you know, whether they like to go left or they like, 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 like to go right. Um, you know, are they stronger in zone versus man? And so that's something that wasn't never there growing up in the game. That's that's a that's a plus because now you can get a, a live scouting report at the at your fingertips, uh, where I can look at, you know, laying in the bed on my phone or in the hotel on a road trip, just pull up the computer and look at it. That, and then the, the analytical part of it now is starting to be something that a lot of people are going to now. You know, um, everybody's trying to find, you know, trying to just, you know, make the game that much more simpler. Uh, so those are some things that, from a technology standpoint, that has been a, that's been a heaven sent to us uh, over the last few years. I can definitely see that doing it for you. I got two more questions, I'll be out your hair. Um, how no have problem. you changed from your no problem so how have you changed from year one to year now as a coach um I've changed 
I'm not saying I've changed much. You know, I'm starting to see things sometimes, you know, growing up, it was always about this is how it's going to be done and we're not going to deviate from it. You know, we're either going to do it this way or we ain't going to do it at all. So now where you have to kind of like compromise somewhat, you know, try to get them to understand why you're doing certain things versus to just being able to tell them and then you just go and do it. This generation, you know, is, 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 is really different from my generation. And so I think I've changed from that standpoint because back then, you know, you told me to run through that wall, we ran through that wall. You know, now I tell you to run through that wall and you want to know, well, why do I run through that wall? Why do I have to run through that wall? And so if anything has changed from year one to now, it's that. But again, the the the, the core values that I was that I was instilled with at a young age are still there. Um I think there are certain players that get it and there are certain players that don't get it. We just try to make sure that those that don't get it are at least pushed a little bit to that side to where they can kind of understand why some of the things that why we're asking you to do some of the things. Okay. That makes sense. And my last question. So I, myself, I had the privilege to, uh, coming from a high school that some consider one of the greatest high school girls programs in the nation. And that's the Duncanville Panthers. How many players have you actually had a chance to recruit from Duncanville? I've actually recruited three players from Duncanville. Um, it's been some years. That program is definitely uh, one of the top programs in the country. Um, again, Duncanville, Texas has always been a hotbed for, um, for, for, for players. Uh, you know, it, what's so funny is that when we were recruiting and we are actually looking at players and I'm there recruiting next to Gino and I'm there recruiting next to, uh, uh, you know, all the other coaches and we're seeing the same players and I'm, I'm saying, okay, well, I must be onto something because I'm seeing what they see. You know, I see the talent level like they see the talent level, you know, and but I know that there are times that I can't get that type of talent, you know. And so a lot of the players that we have recruited at those particular programs, especially at a Duncanville, chose not to go to Grambling, but it doesn't just it, it discourage us to continue to, 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 to recruit there. Because I think if you continue to keep plugging away at it, eventually you'll get some players out of that program. You most definitely will, and especially as we talked about earlier, how things are changing, and you know, you're going to start seeing a lot of people who probably normally wouldn't have gone to the HBCU starting to do so. So, definitely looking forward to you starting to land some of those players. Yeah, Sky Jacobs was one that I was trying to get recently that wound up going to UTA. Um, I don't know if you remember Sky Jacobs that came from Duncanville. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, I see you got, you got your hands in a lot of places there, Coach. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, before we get to, uh, to um, what's about this, what do you think about this upcoming? Because we get in the paper, we get in these uh, ads, seeing in the news, that Grambling basketball is actually going to be featured on NBA TV? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We were featured last year against Jackson State, and we're going to be featured this year 
and uh, when we go to Houston to play against Texas Southern, it'll be the men and women's program. I think uh, it just, you know, to God be the glory, you know, that they've selected us to be one of those premier programs that to be shown on that station. Last year was the first year it was ever done where they show, show the men and the women's game on the NBA TV, and they're going to do it again this year. I think we're one of two games. The first game is going to be, I think, Texas Southern, uh, uh, Texas Southern versus FAMU. And then the second game is going to be us against Grambling against Texas Southern. So I'm thankful that uh, that they saw fit to put us on there and really shine an even brighter light on Grambling men and women's basketball. Yeah, that's a great opportunity. So, you know, last thing. So uh, should we be prepared to see when the Joe Namath mink on, on NBA TV? So how is it, you know, with the big, you know, big uh, audience, is it still business as usual or do you get caught up in the light? Well, I'm going to tell you something. One thing COVID has changed is that a lot of people's coaching attire has changed a little bit to where everybody now wants to wear warm-ups, tennis shoes, quarter zips. <laughs> uh, you know, you have some coaches, you know, when they have a TV game, they want to dress up so they can kind of show their uh, Sunday best on. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. It's been a year and a half since I wore a suit. It kind of uh, helped me with my cleaning business, my, my my cleaning bill, because I don't have to put them in the cleaners that much no more. <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, I always ask my assistant coach what she wants to do, and it's and she kind of lets us know which direction that we're gonna go with our dress on coaching uh, on game day. All right, so I'm, I'll be prepared. So all our viewers, y'all be prepared for the uh, February game to see Coach Murray with. With some chains on, with the gangster grill and some rings on. So, before we let coach go, you got any questions? Yeah, I have some questions. Um, you mentioned a few coaches earlier: um, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. Also, Mr. John Thompson. Is there any other coaches on your list that inspired you or um, even motivated you to continue coaching? Um. Well, you know. In the women's game, you, you kind of want to continue to, uh, you know, identify with some coaches that are in your sport. Uh, Coach Bibbs is a young, is a, is, is a, is a pioneer in the game that I was able to watch her team play when I was in Jackson, cheering for Jackson State, and she was at Grambling, and I had a chance to actually coach with her at Gremlin, oh wait, coach with her at North Carolina A&T and win championships with her at A&T, but she's went down as one of the women's coaches uh, in the women's game. Uh, she's somebody that I really uh, talk to on a day-to-day -day basis even now. Um, you know, the Vivian Stringers, uh, you know, the uh, um, uh, there's some people, older coaches that I've still uh, talk to on the men's side that I was with back in the day. I kind of gravitate to a lot of the older coaches um, um, that are either on the men and the women's side. Um, like I said, always trying to just gain more and more knowledge as to, um, you know, what can I do to continue to, to, to evolve in, in this game? Um, you know, a lot of the younger coaches that I had, even with my football coaches, and my soccer coaches back 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 in the day, I kind of think back to them sometime, and I, I think back to what they were trying to get us to do back then. And I see myself, you know, doing a lot of the same things that they did as well. And 
I think we all, you know, kind of teeter around the same path as to trying to just get young people to achieve greatness and, and, and achieve more than what they think they can they can achieve. And I'm just glad that God has just blessed me to, 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 to be able to just be in this position to continue to grow, continue to push the level and continue to, to not become content, you know, not become content. You know, I'm still striving, trying to push for even higher heights. And just in the process, you know, I just hope that God, you know, is pleased with what I'm doing when it's all said and done. Man, that's, well, that's heavy right there. Look, I'm about to get, get my Bible app all opened up in here, man. Things on how to last, you know, how to stay here. Because that's one thing that I've seen, you know, you, uh, longevity, you've been coaching for a while. This is your sixth year with Bramlin. So, you know, you definitely show how to last. But uh, you got anything else for me let Coach uh, go to? Absolutely. And, um, yes, you've been coaching ladies basketball a very long time. And I, I grew up with my sister playing basketball. Um, she was actually a lot better than I was in basketball. Definitely say that. My question would be with the, 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 we know the men's side of the game. We know they generate, you know, it's entertaining and everybody watches it. What do you feel has to be done for the women's game to hit that escalon kind of on that same Well, level? it actually happened when they, they brought the WNBA to the United States. You know, so many of the women had to go play overseas and you really wasn't watching them play on a regular basis. But now, you can watch a, um, a WNBA game now and get just as much enjoyment out of watching them play as you can sometimes the men. You know, the women, there's a lot of women that can play this game and they can play it at a high level. And uh, to be honest with you, there are a lot of people that come to watch our game that say they would prefer to watch us over the guys play. And so it's there. I think without, you know, you know, they say, you know, the dunking, you know, you got women now that are starting to dunk, you know, the, you know, the flashy passes and and to be able to, you know, shoot the threes from half court and all the things that men are doing, the women are starting to do. And um, I think they're starting to get they just do. And I'm glad to see it because uh, the women play a brand of basketball that I think is 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 appreciated by the true basketball uh, fan. Um, a lot of people say they don't even like to watch the men's game until they get to the playoff because they really don't start playing until the playoffs. But the <laughs> women, they're going to they, they play from start to finish and they're going to give you a show from start to finish and they're going to leave it on the court. And that's one thing that you can really, really appreciate about the women's game that has evolved is that more people are starting to see it now on a regular basis. All right, before we go to our shot, um, you, know, you got another question for him, too? I got, really one more. I got one more. I feel like everybody has one. What is a goal that you haven't achieved yet that you're looking to achieve? Well, I want to eventually make it to the Sweet 16. Uh, I made it to the Sweet 16 on the WNIT tournament level you know i was with a team that won two games and we made it to the sweet 16 and we could have made it to the elite eight uh but our point guard 
in the game against Miami that we were winning with four minutes left in the game, tore ACL, and then our second leading score dislocated our shoulder, and we wind up losing to them by single digits. I just feel as though there are teams that can make it that far. Um, there are teams that have not made it that far on the NCAA level, but I would love to see a team from HBCU make it far into the NCAA tournament. You know, put us against other teams starting out where we don't have to play the number one, number two team in the country out the gate. You know, I think if we, I think our brand of basketball can go a long ways just as well as um, a lot of the bigger schools can. But I think, again, that's another subject for another day. <laughs> and that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a subject that'll take us, that we can probably talk to you know, yeah. the next year uh, that I won't go. But I just feel as though I want to be one of those teams that advances far into the NCAA tournament that really bring an even bigger light on HBCU uh, women women basketball. That's what Dion and them are trying to do. That's what Hugh Jackson and them are trying to do. And I just think that it's going to come. It's going to come again. There were teams, and, I, and I, I would go to, I would I would go down saying this. There were teams that could have actually won the championship back in the day from a HBCU, but they were not given the opportunity to play. Agree. Agreed. Shout out to our guy, Koji Cox. You know, he was on the Mississippi Valley team who actually got to uh, meet Barack Obama. So, you know, but he was doing it on the men's side. So, like you say, you know, it's unthought of, you know, far as on, you know, like women's side. So that's definitely a great goal that, you know, you have set. And hopefully, you know, you achieve it. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, before we uh, you know, let you go, you got any shout outs? Um, you know, how can people, you know, you got any shout outs before we let you go? Well, you know, we're on Twitter. Uh, you can always check us out at, at GSU underscore WBK. Uh, that's our women's basketball page. And then you can also go onto my page at, at Coach Murray uh, GSU. Um, like I said, I'm an old school. My coaches and them, they kind of got me on Twitter. I'm kind of like the old school one that really ain't into the social media stuff, but I know I need to do it. So they kind of keep me up on a lot of these things. And so they got me on the Twitter page and uh, uh, and I'm having fun with it. Nice, nice. So, you know, one thing about Sports Talk with Friends, we're powered by fans. You know, that's one thing about us. We love, you know, we talk sports just to bring people together. That's our cattle. So what are your favorite teams? What's your favorite uh, NFL team? Uh, I'm a Saints fan. I'm a Saints fan. I actually grew up, you know, being from Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi. We didn't really have a team in the state, but we always identified with um, with the with the New Orleans Saints. Growing up, I think at that time when we were real, real young, it was ever, either you were a Pittsburgh Steelers fan or you were a Dallas Cowboy fan. I was always a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. <laughs> I was I was a blue collar. I was a blue collar player. I was a blue collar person and I cheered for blue collar teams. And so I was always for the team that would grunt, that would, that would do the dirt, you know, do the downright dirty. That was, that was them dogs. That was all about, you know, doing whatever they had to do to win. I went about the flashy and, and all of that. So I was always uh, 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 for the underdog. So it was either the, the New Orleans Saints because they were close by, but I was also a Pittsburgh Steelers fan too. Make you 
<laughs> and I guess that played into the black and gold now being at Grambling, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, man, we appreciate you for hanging out with us. So, uh, we're about to get ready to close the show up. Uh, so, too, you got any shout outs for us? Um, shout out to Coach Murray coming by, man. This is my first experience in an interview with anybody, any type. So appreciate you being the first one, man. I hope all success, praise all to you, man, the course of this season and rest of life, definitely. Thank you. Shout out to everybody that tuned in tonight, as always. You know, you guys make us grow. Without you guys, we can't keep the lights on. You see, we can't give him the mic too long. He wants to talk, give him the Give him the mic, man. Shout out to you for no babies in the background. No babies in the background. Oh, she no was, babies she was, in the she background. Was in the background. <laughs> but hey man definitely y'all thanks for hanging out with us uh, as you do those leave going don't say the leave going without the junior kicking it with coach murray man y'all get a man some love because we about to be up out of here I'm just a, thank you sir man i just come out and support the lady tiger uh basketball program uh support grambling and any any activities that we take part in and uh, remember, just keep it in your prayers, man. Boom. Just like that, we out.